It is the Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk. Let's continue our NFL conversation. We'll then transition into some hard-hitting Illinois and Michigan breakdown before we get out of here, of course. We'll have plenty of that during this hour and leading into our predictions for tonight. Will Brander would make it 7-0 against Jawan Howard and company since Jawan's taken over as head coach. Jawan did have... A good bit of success against the Illini during his playing days, but since being on the sideline with the Wolverines, he has not beaten Illinois. But we'll talk more about that as we go along. Did have a couple of questions or comments on the U of I Illini Link text line. A 309 says Bears had a lame duck coach with the second pick. Fox, lame duck coach Nagy when they took fields. Now lame duck coach Eberflus to ruin another good QB. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just you can't do the whole charade again to me. Like, if you're going to take Caleb Williams number one, there's no reason Eberflus should be coming back. Now, maybe that's a sign that, hey, they are sticking with fields. But can you really trust that? And at the same time, you run it back with Eberflus and fields and the Bears are 9-8 and eight again next year and it's a failure, then, well, you just had two number one overall picks. You're not going to have a third next year. So it's True. harder to move on. So True. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not going to comment on it much further because I, I'm obviously not a Bears fan who's That's been fine. attached you have to an these opinion. guys. But I just, in my opinion, I think that they should have fired Eberflus, brought in an offensive head coach, and should draft Caleb Williams number one. I, that's what I would do. I wanted an offensive head coach when they hired Eberflus. I get it. I've said it before. You don't have to be an offensive head coach to have success in this league. It's been proven, whether it's Mike Tomlin, whether it's Bill Belichick, whether it's uh, John Harbaugh, uh, you know, Scott, Sean McDermott is another one uh, that's done just fine uh, with not being that that play caller who's always in the in the year of, of the quarterback or even then, I, you know, Andy Reid. Does Andy Reid even call his own plays? anymore is it is it Matt Nagy it's it was still... Reed for a while and I think it was Nagy this year and then the Chiefs offense took a step backwards did so. Reed take it back or no I don't know I, I have to look that up and confirm but I'm pretty sure he gave Nagy play calling uh. duties this year <laughs> and Mahomes is having the worst statistical season of his career I should say too by the way I don't mean like you have to hire an offensive head coach I just like among the candidates that are available like if they hired Harbaugh I think that would have been a great hire for yeah. the Bears too so it's not well then he's he's I'm an not, offensive head coach or he's an offensive head coach right is he I, I always I thought he got credit for didn't he get a lot of credit for Andrew Luck at Stanford I might be wrong I might be off here I always thought he was more of a defensive guy let me look it up we got to do some on-air fact-checking. It's no problem. We got th the technology to do so. Well, he was a quarterback for the for the Bears uh, at Michigan and the Bears. Uh, in terms of his coaching career, he was the quarterback's coach with the Raiders for a year. Right, then I, I'm I'm way off then. That's fine. But I, I don't know. Like, I, He wasn't, to my knowledge, he didn't seem like a guy that was wearing a headset and calling plays at Michigan. No, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't. I don't know if he was doing that at Stanford uh, back when Luck was there or how much that was going on with the Niners. But uh, that's not to say that you can't be the guy installing the system and then hiring uh, someone within your same framework uh, to then call the plays and whatnot. But uh, what I really 
hated was not having an offensive head coach because I, I feel like you know that's your highest paid member of the staff and uh, that has an ability to then go out and command someone like obviously I didn't know who you I didn't know he was going to be as successful as he was like Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins or uh, you know fill in the blank you know the next Kyle Shanahan the next Sean McVay that's what everybody's searching for it's harder to find uh, than it is to say but uh, Matt LaFleur uh, even at, with with Green Bay so uh, that certainly plays into it but then the Bears royally messed up by hiring Luke Getze as their OC a guy who had never called plays in the NFL now I've in digging deeper on this you know that there's there's situations where you bring in a guy that's part of a the right tree. Usually, it's you're, you're talking about Shanahan, you're talking about McVeigh that everyone's searching for. Like the the Texans OC was not the play caller in San Francisco, but now he's calling plays, and, and obviously he's doing just fine in Houston. So the Bears were trying to tap into let's bring the magic from Green Bay down to Chicago and whatever they've had going with. Aaron Rodgers and, and LaFleur's background with working with Shanahan and working with McVay to then translate that to Justin Fields and whatnot. And just, it didn't work. And he didn't show a lot of flexibility in adapting or, or firmly and consistently adapting to Justin Fields' strengths. So uh, I, I do think that I'll concede this as a guy who is fully and committed to team Justin Fields bringing back. I, I think it's fair to say that the Bears messed up developing Justin Fields and that they didn't put a good situation around him. But in terms of what makes sense as far as the financials or perceived limitations, I'd push back on that with Justin. I think that there's a lot there with Justin in terms of talent. Uh, no question. That you could say that, hey, the, the Bears just pretty much messed up with him. Like They didn't give him a good situation to see. He's going to have a chance to go somewhere else. But based on the, the the clock, which you've talked about, setting the clock back with the the rookie contract, and and that's you know Caleb Williams has a, a little bit of a different skill set. He's not the same runner. He's more of a viewed prolific passer. Although Justin Fields threw it pretty darn well in college as well. So not to belabor that, I know we're going to talk other coach openings, but yeah, with the OC job for the Bears, I mentioned Greg Roman is one that I'm personally. It's it's easy for me to have to recognize what Greg Roman, the former OC with the Ravens, who they did move on from, and they brought in uh, was it Todd Munkin. I think that they have now this year, who was the OC at, at Georgia, and they, they brought him in this year, and Lamar had an MVP season. So, uh, But Roman was part of the staff when he had his first MVP year uh, and obviously knows how to build around a running quarterback, establish a really good run game. I would like that just based on what I know. I don't. I know less about a handful of these other candidates. I'm not sure why the Bears, and I say this kind of as a joke, but also a little bit of honesty. Uh, Thomas Brown, the OC for the Panthers. Why would you interview the offensive coordinator from the Panthers after the season they just had? Uh, there's a list of, of those that have been interviewed. Uh, Shane Waldron from the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I know that they're, it was their passing game coordinator who got hired by the, the Bucks to be their OC this past year. But Waldron's been the OC, so uh, I think that, to my knowledge, he's called plays both the two years ago when they had a breakthrough season and, and put up some really good numbers. Last year, not as good, although Geno was hurt, uh, and they've had they had some injuries last year that, that helped contribute to them not being uh, all that good. Clint Kubiak, former Vikings OC, part of the the Shanahan uh, 
situation. He's on the staff there for San Francisco this year. Greg Olson, not the tight end, is a great broadcaster, but uh, the OC, who's been an OC for the the Rams, the Lions, the Bucks, the Raiders, uh, Liam Cohen, former Rams OC, uh, Marcus Brady, former Colts OC, Zach Robinson, passing coordinator for the Rams, and Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, senior offensive analyst for USC. So he was on staff with Caleb Williams this past year? Yeah, he was. Oh, I, fantastic. I almost, I almost feel like that was more of, instead of an interview, like seriously considering him for the job, it was an interview to pick his brain on uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah. That makes sense. And all credit to the Bears. I, I get, like, it wouldn't be the, the craziest thing in the world to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. Like, he had a pretty effective offense for a stretch. You know, Kyler Murray was a bona fide MVP candidate for a little more than half a season. Then Call of Duty came out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, Happened I, to coach a guy named Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. That's true. That's true. And, yeah, he only won, like, five games a year. Yeah. But you got to play defense, too. So, um, yeah, Big 12 did not play any defense at that time, especially. No, no. Let's uh, let's move on to some of the other conversations. So what do you make of Belichick? Like, would you want Belichick? I, I'm I'm tying this as far as I'm a little surprised. and Some of this these threads all run together. Like, for him to potentially go to, you know, I thought maybe Dallas would be a, a potential landing spot. I know some would push back on that and say Jerry Jones might not want to a coach who'd want to come in and, and be able to call a lot of the shots and, and run things when he wants to run things. Um, but we did see a, a guy that Belichick worked for come in, uh, that being Bill Parcells a hand, number of years ago and, and be a head coach for, I think, four years, five years in Dallas. But Mike McCarthy's staying put. We'll see what happens in Philly. I think that's a, la- a potential landing spot. I just think about if I'm Bill Belichick, I want to, similar to Tom Brady, I want to go into the twilight of my career a place that I know I can win. Right. I want to maybe I want to have another shot at a Super Bowl potentially. And I don't want to go somewhere and, and try to rebuild something that I might retire by the time it's even ready to really win. So Atlanta, the one thing I one of the things I would say about Atlanta is that I guess if you get a new quarterback in there, the situation could change. They have Bijan. Uh I don't know how is Kyle Pitts a bust or has he not had a quarterback? That's a question. Or has he not had a head coach that wants to get him involved? That, that too. How good is Drake London? Um, again, I mean, you've had, yeah, what is that, three straight years of top 10 draft picks of offensive weapons? I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. That's a lot to work with there for whatever quarterback comes in. True. And, you know, there's going to be a decision to be made. Kirk Cousins, what's that going to look like? Uh, that, that would be interesting. And another thing I would, I would note, winnable division. Yes. So Bill Belichick knows that well. A lot of years in the AFC East, no offense, Kyle. Uh, oh, no, it, it wasn't I, I'm a, well aware of it. It wasn't a great division that the, the Pats could could control and, and win fairly easily. Now, the Bucks look pretty good, although they were, what, 9-7 and seven this year? So I think there's some of that maybe baked into, like, shots at the playoffs that could help. So uh, I know I'm, I'm talking too much here. What do you, what do you think of, of Belichick, potential landing spots, and would you want him? I don't know. I I don't want to mean it as like disrespecting who Bill Belichick is because he's one of the greatest coaches ever, truly. And I think that there has been 
some level of the, the narrative swinging too far in terms of like, oh, well, the Patriots are haven't been good since Tom Brady left. Well, Tom Brady left and Mac Jones came in to replace him. And they right. had the one year where Cam Newton was there or whatever it was. Like, that's not really Belichick's fault that he pumped out eight and eight teams with Mac Jones and nobody on offense. And at the same time, he had a front office role there, so you can blame some of it on him. But maybe not on his coaching, I should say. But I don't know. I just it, There comes a point where it's like, his career's run its course to me a little bit. Like I, I don't know. The game's changed so much, and it, he ha- I do feel like he has lost his luster a little bit there the last couple of years in New England. And I, I don't know. I, I think the Atlanta fit does intrigue me because I do think that he could turn that team into like a team that wins that division for five straight years, and then he he retires, and you know who knows? Maybe they make a Super Bowl run, and he can go out that way. But I don't know. I. If it's my team, I just I don't really want Bill Belichick. I want to go for a younger guy, a more innovative, mm-hmm. younger coach, and a guy that I know that, hey, if this guy works out, he could be here for 10, 15 years, as opposed to Belichick where they're kind of working on a clock, and I just feel like there is a sense of like, you know, he has kind of faded a little bit here, and I don't think he's fully to blame for that, obviously, but I, I don't know. I I – I think there is a specific fit that could work for him, but I don't have a ton of interest, and I feel like I don't know if I would want him. Like, let's say the Dolphins' job was open. I I wouldn't Mm. be very interested in that. It wouldn't excite me all that much, even though it should because he's a legend. If it guaranteed that Brady was coming with him, would you change your mind? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Brady's, what, 40? Well, maybe not now. Maybe if they left at the same time in New England, it it obviously would have changed. But, yeah, I mean, he had – he had like full GM control in New England, right? He was drafting these guys. Yeah, that, that that's the thing. So he is to blame for the Patriots. The offense, brutal. The his, weapons were not there at his, all. His coaching may not be like him not being able to coach that roster to yeah. better is yeah. not his fault. But him putting together the roster is his fault because yes. he did have GM control there. So that's kind of what I was yeah. alluding to. And I think that would be very interesting if you have to – do you have to give that to him at – his next destination. Do you got to give him full if calling that, of if the that shots? If that has to come with it, no, no go. Yeah, he hasn't proven that. Like he's proven he's a legendary head coach. What has he proven as a GM? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming if he had it prior to Brady leaving, then he would say he proved that he built Super Bowl contenders. But Tom Brady, post Tom Brady, the offenses have been brutal. The weapons have been bad, and then Mac Jones went from looking like maybe the best quarterback of that group. In like year one, was it? I think it was Mac Jones' rookie year. They won ten games. They went to the playoffs. That's when they got hammered by Buffalo, Buffalo yeah. and Buffalo. But uh, outside of that, it's it's been really rough. Yeah, I, I think from Atlanta's standpoint, Atlanta doesn't have a lot to lose. Like I, I don't think that that'd be a bad spot as far as that goes. Um, I know two one seven says Belichick in Atlanta picks up Russell Wilson. To win now, the short window, Russ could do well with a running team and then deep passes to Pitts in London. I mean, that's interesting fit there with uh, Russell Wilson's a guy probably the Broncos would, are going to be looking to get rid of. Yep. And admittedly, I've had my eye on Atlanta for a handful of months now as a 309 hints at and says flat, flat out, uh, fields to Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I do. That's a situation that makes a lot of sense. I don't know um, if if that happens. If Belichick gets that job and Fields goes there, I will admit it immediately. Get a 
cut off Atlanta Falcons sweatshirt. I'm calling it out. I'll wear it into the radio show the next day. Well, as soon as it gets shipped. But uh, I'll do that for sure. I, I'm i with you on Belichick. I do think he's still a good – like their defenses have still been pretty good. He's still good. a great coach. I'm yeah. not trying to say he's not. I think he's a great game planner, still a guy that knows how to take away your strengths. And just all the the chess matches he would play with, with Peyton Manning through the years uh, as far as his defenses, I mean, that, that speaks for itself. Um, I, I do wonder, though, about like his – his personality and like you kind of mentioned it there with maybe a younger head coach or just a guy that is enjoyable to be around like he made Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time miserable so like how does that help whatever next situation it is whether there's a quarterback established like if it was Philly would Jalen Hurts want to be around Bill Belichick or if you're in Atlanta and you're trying to bring in a new guy like how does that play into it maybe i'm speaking too much on that especially, because, especially it's russell wilson who we well, know has clashed with oh boy everybody so yeah. if that, that pairing would be nightmare it that would be toxic but and maybe it, it matters less if you get an oc that is more in control of of that side of the ball and whatnot but that's where i yeah i'm with you on belichick i, I think philly would be worth considering just because their defense needs to bounce back after this year that was went off the rails big time and they're built to win now. So that, that makes sense as far as fitting for him. And then Atlanta, I just don't think you have a lot to lose. Yeah, and and to the Philly point, and this can kind of be a transition a little bit, but I am just I, – I don't know. And I'm not deep into – you could ask Eagles fans and they'd probably tell me something I don't know. But I don't really understand why it's just a foregone conclusion. Like, oh, yeah, Sirianni's got to be gone. I get it. It was a brutal collapse this year. They started 10-1. and one. But that's a guy who took them to a Super Bowl a year ago, and they were a ten and one football team, and they are a team that has the last two years been near the top of the NFL. I get it ended really poorly this year, but I, I, I still think that he kind of, as much as I don't really personally like him all that much, I think he's a little cocky, whatnot. Like he embodies Philly. I think he's kind of a perfect match for that city and that organization. And I'm surprised that it's swung so far to one brutal end of the season, albeit it was a brutal end of the season that he deserves blame for, is, is all of a sudden like, oh, he's got to be gone now. I I don't know if I would let him go quite yet. Unless in the like postseason interviews when you conduct it, you know, the GM might do that. Some of the ownership would do that with the players if – at the locker room, if he's lost the locker room that much. Now, there was an article on ESPN. Like, I was listening to, to Bill Simmons, I think, talk about this. And it was the article on ESPN dropped the day of the playoff game, like before it was even played. Pretty much like a here's all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. And uh, that A.J. Brown was talking about how the, the coach, the, the players got to start playing for the the coaches and there's a disconnect there and whatnot. And, and the, I don't know all of it. I, I expected it admittedly going back and reading it to be a little bit more juicy. And as far as that goes, but um, if there's a situation where Jalen hurts doesn't want to play for him or, or has, there's a rift there, I, I maybe you'd make a move. He that did makes more sense. Yeah. He, he did lose both of his coordinators. Like Shane Steichen goes to the Colts. Jonathan Gannon goes to the, the Cardinals and not being able to, to piece that together although there have been so many examples of the t it's one of the most like famed curses in the nfl is a team that loses the super bowl the next year usually doesn't even make the playoffs 
it's just kind of the way it goes. I know that's maybe just a, a dumb excuse if that's how things play out, but I'm as long as the, the locker room's not like soured on him to like it not being replaceable, or if you just see an exam opportunity to say, Hey, our defense was bad last year. Let's go get Mike Vrabel. Let's go get sure Belichick. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm, in, I'm really interested on in Vrabel. I, He's getting a job for sure. If he doesn't, it'd be a crime. Yeah. And I, that's another one. I might be like, man, you know, he's far more proven than Eberflus is by a long shot. And maybe that would be a situation that even if the Bears wanted to stay defensive-minded. But Vrabel's I, a guy that I would have liked to see go to Dallas. I don't I, – I, Yeah. McCarthy, I can't believe they're bringing him back. Yeah, I they'd mean, be really attractive too. As super a, as attractive. A, Had a great regular season again, but even better this time, obviously. And but losing home playoff games, I, I don't know. I don't know what's what's up with that because it's a it's a very appealing offseason. Like they they could be, and we know that Jerry is not afraid to roll out the money. Like could they not challenge the Chargers to say, oh you. You think you're the leader in the clubhouse for Jim Harbaugh? Here's the Dallas job, Jim. Absolutely. I don't know. That's interesting. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I. Atlanta Link text line. We'll talk some more. Illinois, Michigan. Circle it back to the hoops game tonight. It's going to tip in Ann Arbor. Let's get the breakdown of what expect what we expect to see from the Wolverines and how the Atlanta can improve after a disappointing showing in Champaign on Sunday. We'll get to that next. This is The Drive. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. Are you tired of shivering in the winter? Look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is run safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com. I-L-L-I-N-I. Cheer on the Illini and Pia's. The pregame fun starts at Pia's Sports Bar and Grill. Pia's serves up its famous 10-ounce Slugger Burger along with great wings and so much more. Enjoy 350 22-ounce light and course light drafts every home and away Illini game. Watch the game at Pia's or ride the free shuttle to all home games. You'll find it all at Pia's with live video gaming, sports, food, drinks, and fun. See you at Pia's, West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Illini fans taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, $5 off on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza. Chicken grilled to perfection, premium mozzarella, bacon, red onion, and barbecue sauce all piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off. 
Gear up to support your Fighting Illini this season at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini, Game Day Spirit. Shop their great selection of t-shirts, sweatshirts, and NIL jerseys as you cheer on your Fighting Illini. Visit them at the corner of 6th and Green in Campus Town, Neil and Kirby in Champaign, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another sellout. We need all of Illini Nation. Help us defend State Farm Center. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. The Illini win it. Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. Your anti-aging skincare routine shouldn't stop at the neck. Get the rest of your body in on the action with Merle Norman's new anti-aging complex body lotion. This rejuvenating moisturizer delivers long-lasting hydration that softens and smooths for the visibly younger-looking skin beneath your chin. Book your appointment now where beautiful changes happen every day. Experience our most luxurious, advanced, age-defying moisturizer today at Merle Norman, 706 West Market View Drive, over by Subway. Let's get back to the hardwood, Illinois and Michigan tonight. FS1, Kevin Kugler, Stephen Bardo, 7.30 Central on your TVs. Maybe it's usually like 7.35 or whatnot, but just be spotted it's up by 7.30. It's always 15 minutes after. Yeah. It's the, the one game ends right around 7.30, and then they go to the studio because they got to get their 15-minute studio show in mm. before they can tip off. Yep, that's usually how it works. Last I checked, Illinois, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I still think that's probably accurate. I will double-check that as we speak. But as I mentioned earlier, Illinois has won six straight against the Wolverines, all six of those coming against a Jawan Howard-led team. They've won their last three in Ann Arbor. The last time they won four in a row in Ann Arbor, you have to go back to 2001 through 2005. And yes, it still is a two and a half point spread favoring the Illini tonight. 
I put this out to the text line first, the U of I line link text line, 217-359-2255, and then to my good friend Kyle Tosk. Vibe check going into tonight. How do you feel? Illinois, not an inspiring performance, not an end-of-the-world performance either, losing to Maryland, but now you go on the road. We know life on the road is very tough. Just look a couple days ago, and Penn State loses, or I should say Penn State hands Wisconsin its first loss in Big Ten play. Big Ten teams, 11-32 and 32 in true road mm. games in conference play so mm. far. It's difficult. It's difficult. So uh, what say you, the listeners out there, just kind of overall vibes going into tonight? Will Brad continue to own Juwan, or will this be uh, a sweaty one that maybe Illinois falls in or maybe just is lucky to, to pull away with a W? I am a little on edge. I, I I don't know what to expect. I think, and you mentioned it off the during the break. If you had Terrence Shannon here, I'd be really confident. Like that was a total anomaly, and this team's going to bounce back. I I think there were some real issues in that Maryland game that I want to see corrected tonight, especially on the defensive end, especially going against a guard like Doug McDaniel tonight, that scares me with what Jameer Young just did to this team. I know that they guarded Tyson Walker well. I know they did a nice job on Boo Booey. Both those games were at home. Now you go to Ann Arbor and Doug's probably going to play 40 minutes because <laughs> why, why the heck wouldn't he? He's not playing for like 10 more days. Yeah, literally like 10 more days. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. And, and I just think, yeah, you're playing six guys and – you know, you, Quincy Guerrier, for as good as he was for a while, has struggled here the last couple of games. And Coleman Hawkins, after he was playing some of the best basketball of his career, he comes off kind of a stinker. And and I think, you know, maybe those are just a, a bad day. But I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see. I think tonight's going to be very telling about if they bounce back and take care of a Michigan team that even without Terrence, they're far better than this year, far better than. You should take care of this game. If they do that, then I think there's no problem. But if this Michigan team either beats you or, you know, some of those same issues pops up tonight, you do have to start to think about this team maybe a little bit differently and, and just kind of reevaluate things. And I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see the response of this team, knowing that they lost a game at home. And I think home court, as we mentioned, 11 and 32 on the road for Big Ten teams, you're not expected to win road games. So home games are so sacred that losing at home to a team that you're so much better than in Maryland, now you got to make up for that. And that's going on the road and picking up a couple wins against teams that you're better than as well and not letting a, a Wisconsin-Penn State situation happen and some of these other road teams. So this is a really important game for Illinois to win tonight and, and absolve themselves of that loss on Sunday. And I think it'll be very telling about where this team currently is at based on how they come out and, and play in this game. Yeah, that's well said. I do think from a mentality standpoint, I expect them to be dialed in. I think they will know that it's, it's time to not have another one slip up. If you want to be serious about trying to win a big 10 title or be, even just having a chance to be in that contention, this is an older team still, even without Terrence. So Guys like Marcus, guys like Quincy, Luke Goody, uh, who we always talk to every week. I think that they will come in with a, a very serious mentality. And I don't think it will be a lack of focus or anything like that that would lead to Illinois losing this game. But, yeah, you do bring up a good point in terms of obviously containing a what can be electric guard. Now, 
I in watching Doug McDaniel last night as I was writing my preview and, and going back through it. I mean, he can be erratic. He can be a guy that will take some bad shots. And I saw that, you know, his first game back against Ohio State on Monday. He did not have a rhythm early. He was taking some bad ones. He was throwing it out of bounds. But then he he rattled off a couple of threes and got some momentum going. And man, he's he's really, really quick when he goes downhill. So that's something that Illinois will have to have an answer for with Ty Rogers, with Justin Harmon getting in front of him. Of course, when you play in a lot of ball screen action, then Coleman might switch onto him. And I do trust Coleman against just about anybody on the perimeter that goes for. I think that uh, leads into another interesting part is obviously Terrace Reed is not Julian Reese, but he's a physical inside presence. Is that a guy that would try to push Coleman around a little bit, both on the glass and any kind of deep post catches that he might be able to to get in there. So I wonder about that as well. And you mentioned it off the air uh, in terms of the rebounding. Not that Michigan on paper is a fantastic rebounding team, kind of really at both ends, but um, offensively they are top 100 in offensive rebounding rate. And I know that uh, Olivier Kamwa is a 6'9", 235 grown man who can go to the glass that uh, I'm sure, you know, Again, Terrace Reed can can do that. Is it Terrace or Taurus? I, I can't I think it's Terrace. Terrace, yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, I I was listening last night to Gus Johnson and uh, Jim Jackson, and mostly it was uh, Gus Johnson who he mispronounced, which I shouldn't be. I kind of laughed to myself because he mispronounced Kamwa like fifteen times, which I've done on the air a number of times. I usually say in Kamwa, uh, but then also he he's called him Taurus Reed. I was like, wait, I think it was Terrace. And then, I don't know, there's, of course, the, yeah, you know, the NBA might come and poach Juwan. And then I laughed uh, very loudly. But uh, anyways, on the road is, I I have a feeling tonight could be tough. And obviously the point spread says that it, it could be, you know, is projected to be a tight game. I expect to get Doug McDaniel's best effort. I expect to get a good effort from Michigan. The counter argument to it is, if you look at the last couple of home games that Michigan has played, they lost to Minnesota, 73-71. They lost to McNeese State. That was late December, 87-76. You go back a little bit further than that. Uh, early December, they lost at home to Indiana. We That's a team that we talked about some of their flaws. And then early in the season, lost on their home court to Long Beach State, a team that's 166 on Ken Palm right now. So, um, You know the funny thing about Michigan is in their six conference games, they've led at halftime in every game. Have they really? And they're two and four. Oh, man. I mean, they're capable of playing you tough. It's just can they actually finish and can they avoid giving up a 15-0 run to you? And they haven't. But they're better than seven and ten. They're they're more talented than a seven and ten team. For as much dysfunction as there's been there and, and everything that's happened, I don't think it's a good team. But they're better than a seven and ten team that's lost to Long Beach State at home. Like I, they're capable of of giving you a really good effort. And I think Illinois, if they play anything close to how they did on Sunday, I think they lose. So they they got to be a lot more dialed in tonight. The matchup between Quincy and Kamwa is going to be a huge one. Totally at the four spot, two guys that are obviously older dudes that are really physical and strong. And the great news for Illinois is that they finally have that four man that can match up with some of these guys like a Dante Scott, like a Olivier Kamwa, who I mentioned six nine, two thirty five, Quincy six eight, two twenty, physically strong, good athlete. So I'm not worried about that. Kamwa though has shown in the past, as you know, you go back to last year in the NCAA tournament, twenty seven, twenty eight points in the 
win against Duke for Tennessee, and then this he's year he's having a great season. He is, yeah, definitely. I mean, in Big Ten play, I know that he's their leading scorer. He's averaging about sixteen and six and a half rebounds, seven rebounds. Uh, when I watched that Ohio State game back, I saw a lot of mid-post action for him. He'll post you up. He'll face you. He'll try to shoot that mid-range jumper that seems to be really good at. He can finish at the rim, and he'll be pretty um, pretty willing to take that three-point shot, too. He shot 37% on the season. I know that those numbers are down in Big Ten play uh, in terms of the three ball, but he'll look to shoot it if you give him space. And at the other end, yeah, Quincy's got to get going because I think his offensive punch is important to taking some of the pressure off of Marcus Damas' shoulders, a guy that's averaged 22 a game since Terrence has been out. And I know he had some turnovers in that last game against Maryland, but it's important to kind of take some of the stress off of Marcus and Quincy being able to finish around the basket, obviously better than he did against Maryland, but also try to get that three ball back going. And that's, that's kind of cooled off here of late. For sure. Yeah. Quincy, when he's been playing well, it, you could just see it, it elevates the whole team. And, and yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really important now to see how he matches up with a guy like Nkama, who's a bigger physical four man who might try to back him in, or he might try to spot up or whatever it is. I, I like that matchup for Quincy, but on the offensive end is where you need his best. And I think in these games where he's knocking shots down and then he's pump faking guys and driving them and getting to that left-handed layup that he left short a couple times against Maryland. And he'd been making that shot like that. He's been showing a ton on the offensive end and just his spacing and the ability for him to knock those shots down for both him and Coleman Hawkins, who's coming off a really poor performance. I think that's the other thing I'm watching as well is Coleman was playing some of the best basketball that he's played in his Illinois career. And man, was it elevating this team. And then he, you know, it's one game on Sunday. He didn't play well at all on either end. I thought that he played poor on defense and on offense, just couldn't make shots, couldn't really get going. Can he bounce back tonight in a matchup where he's going to be really important on both ends of the court and not let it be a situation where in his career, he, he has battled some inconsistency. You know, he's had this great stretch and then he falls into this lull again. Can he avoid that and, and just take that Sunday game and say that was just a, a bad night and I fouled out and that I'm still going to continue that upward trajectory that I was on looking like an NBA pick. I'm interested to see if he bounces back tonight because, man, it's really is. It's, if Coleman shows up, Illinois is going to probably win, and if he's mm-hmm. bad, they're going to have an uphill battle. And I, I hope that he bounces back because, man, was he playing great. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and definitely at, the, at both ends knowing – that he's going to be important to clashing in the in the middle with Reed and then switching on to McDaniel. I think that's something that if Illinois can be in the luxury of having a guy, you know, he's already done it against Bowie and, and Tyson. I think McDaniel might be a, a step quicker than, than both those guys. Uh, not that those other guys are, are bad athletes by any means, but McDaniel's that, that speedy. But I do think that Coleman with his length, even if he maybe is a, a an inch, a couple inches off his, his ideal spot, that, that hand up can be something that really makes it hard to shoot over. So is it crazy to say that you'd have the most trust in Coleman guarding McDaniel tonight? Not entirely. No, like I know you're not, it's not going to be, it's going to be, he's getting switched on to him here and there in, in ball screens and whatnot. But I don't know. I just, this prototype of point guard, a really quick, smaller, crafty guard, 
for as good of defenders as Rodgers and Harmon are, that's I just I don't trust him in that type of matchup. I, I just feel like, especially a guy like Ty, he's a really good defender. His length is really valuable, but he's not the quickest laterally. I man, I just I almost have more trust when I see Coleman get switched on. Like I thought Coleman was the best matchup for Tyson Walker against Michigan State. Yeah, no, I think that's one thing where they come out with that pick and roll, and you might willingly switch that. And I mean, they they have been obviously, but you'll just say, hey, keep running that, keep bringing it back instead of any kind of. Although it was the the ball screen action that really hurt Illinois uh, with Jameer Young. Uh, I, I think that Maryland did a good job of of kind of running him off multiple screens uh, a decent amount of time. It just felt like Ty Rogers was trailing him a lot and and trying to even get into into that screening action. He was kind of already on the hip pocket. So uh, we'll see how Illinois adjusts to that. I just think I think it's going to be a, one of those things with McDaniel. Uh, I know that Zach Shaw kind of spoke to it. It's just his emotion. You'll know early if McDan- it's a McDaniel night. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he comes out and gives you a couple buckets early and that crowd, whatever crowd is there, <laughs> is getting into it. But he just feels like this is a, you know one of my moments. Obviously, his... His season's pretty much been trimmed in half. What what's left of it by his own doing, of course. I'm not trying to make him a, out to be a victim here, but uh, you know, a home game against a ranked team and a chance for him to really show out. Uh, that's going to be potentially where you get Doug McDaniel's best effort. At, before we catch a break, I do want to go through some of the other guys to watch out for. Namari Burnett, of course, is a familiar face. A guy that's not having a, a, an awesome season. You know, in Big Ten play, he's averaging about. 10 points, five rebounds. Shooting numbers are way down. He's like shooting 26% from three in Big Ten play. So I don't worry a ton about him as long as he's not left wide open. He's a guy that can make some shots. He went on a heater earlier in the season against St. John's, but he's kind of fallen off since then. Someone that's really shooting the ball well, and, and admittedly I haven't done all the homework on this to de- declare it with the the most confidence out of anything I've ever said, but I know he's in the conversation. Terrence Williams might be the most improved shooter in the Big Ten. If not, he's on a very short list because he's gone from shooting 25% from three last year to 45% from three this year. And he went five for five from deep against Ohio State. He's a guy that you look at his catch and shoot analytics. They're really high level. They're 90th percentile. You don't want to leave him open. He's a confident shooter and a guy that can burn you. Uh, We've talked about Kamo. We've talked about... Uh, Terrace Reed. They'll bring in Llewellyn off the bench. They'll they, bring in, they're similarly to Illinois. They got nothing on the bench. Yeah, right now. Llewellyn and Howard. They don't got a lot on the bench. Short rotation, but some of those guys I mentioned, notably McDaniel, Kamwa. That's where that's where they're going to make their, their that's their two headed monster. And then if it's a night where Burnett's making some threes, Williams has been pretty good. If Illinois is, um, you know not able to offensively click back into place that those other guys, especially if you're trying to talk about a, a track meet or any kind of high scoring affair, but also you'd love to be able to slow some of those guys down and not have to you know score 80 plus to win this game. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the key is slowing some of those guys down because I really, I'm not much concerned that Illinois is going to score on this Michigan team. They've been really bad defensively. I, I, I don't think they have a lot of great individual defenders out there. I think, if I'm Illinois, I'm doing everything I can to try to get Doug McDaniel matched up with anybody on the court for me yeah. <laughs> in isolation yeah. situations and booty ball situations. I think you could eat that up. I don't think Burnett or Williams, as even though they're bigger and longer, they're 
I don't think they're great defenders. I would wouldn't mind those matchups against Damask in, in one on ones. I think Illinois is going to score tonight, and I think that they're not going to shoot nine to twenty three on layups like they did on Sunday. But I think where they could end up losing this game or this could get dicey is if some of those defensive concerns continue to pop up. Doug McDaniel goes off. Some of those shooters start making shots early. And it does turn into a track meet where all of a sudden you're playing a game in the 80s on the road. And maybe it's Michigan that makes one or two more plays. But if you can slow down Michigan, I, if you can slow down some of those guys, if you can stay in front of McDaniel and, and some of those shooters, you can stay attached to them, not make their shots tough. I think Illinois should win tonight. I, I don't have much concern that Illinois is going to get shut down offensively in this game, but Michigan can score. They got pieces offensively, and that's really where it's going to come down to in my eyes is you got to bounce back on the defensive end. And I was looking – I remember, you know, we've talked about – and I know Terrence is a huge part of this, but Illinois was a top-10 defense mm-hmm. back in, like, mid-December. They're 34th now or 35th according to Ken Palm, like yeah. there has been a defensive drop-off without Terrence Shannon Jr. And, and that's to be expected. He's great on the defensive end, but you, you got to guard tonight. You're going to have to find a way to, to get back to that. And that's not to say they haven't had any – like Michigan State, I thought they were great on that end, but that's going to be the key. Defense, defense. I know that's what Brad Underwood's key is, and that's probably what he spent 90% of practice on based on what he said. Defensive end is where this game's going to be won for Illinois. Absolutely. And yeah, if you would have told, even without the context of, of the reasoning why or, or when it even happened, an Illini fan going into the season that you'd miss Terrence Shannon for five games late December through January, eating into the Big Ten play, and that between offensive side and the defensive side, you'd be 10th in one category and 31st in the other. 31st, okay. As of right now, yep. Uh, you'd probably flip those without Terrence. Yes. You'd say, all right, we're still really good defensively, and we're 31st on offense, probably having a hard time to score without Terrence. They're, they're still they're 10th offensively still, but yes, slipping as far as defense goes. The defensive rebounding percentage has dropped some, and we've seen, obviously, it's, it's recency bias, but Jameer Young had his way. Uh, Tyson Walker didn't play bad. He wasn't, like, electric. He had 17 points on 17 shots. Uh, Boo Booey. 20 points, but it was really the no assist and four turnovers. But being able to handle Doug McDaniel, that's where it starts tonight. And then obviously, as we talked about, Gary A against Kamwa is a huge matchup. Prediction time coming up. Hit us up on the text line. I know a handful of you have. We'll read those before we get out of here. 217-359-2255. What do you think of tonight as Illinois gets set to battle Michigan in Ann Arbor? We'll give our predictions next. Stick with us for that. This is The Drive. When it comes to finding a reliable vehicle, look no further than Sarah Champagne, your trusted automotive destination. They carry a lineup of top brands, including Honda, BMW, Subaru, GMC, and Buick. And they're not just about cars. They're about people. Their team is dedicated to providing you with trustworthy service and dependable vehicles that fit your lifestyle. Experience the difference at Sarah Champagne. Visit Sarah, S-E-R-R-A, Champagne.com. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. 
proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tyler Weaver, president of Carpet Weaver's Flooring and Furniture Gallery. Take a look around your home. Is it finally ready for some much-needed updates? If you don't know where to start, then just meet with one of our experts. We'll help you find the perfect waterproof plank floor for your kitchen or that stain-resistant, super-soft carpet for your bedroom. Finish your room update with a custom sofa and chairs or choose a trendy in-stock dining set that's priced right. Come home to Carpet Weavers, where floors, furniture, and family meet. Is your birthday in January? Well, get ready to rev up the celebration. Clay Dooley Tire and Auto is giving you a free oil change during your birthday month. That's right, a special treat to keep your wheels spinning smoothly as you celebrate another fantastic year. Don't miss out on this incredible birthday offer. Schedule your complimentary oil change at either the Champaign or Bloomington locations. Since 1917, Clay Dooley Tire and Auto has been your go-to for driving with confidence. Illini fans, gear up to support your Fighting Illini men's and women's basketball team this year at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini Game Day Spirit. From buy one, get one free basketball t-shirts to official NIL merchandise, Game Day Spirit has everything you need to support your Fighting Illini. Shop with them in store at the corner of Neal and Kirby in Champaign, 6th and Green in Campus Town, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Join us in Memorial Stadium as we honor 100 years of tradition and continue to create memories for the future. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th. Experience more cherished moments in Memorial Stadium this season and lock in your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black, and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Illini fans, taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, save $5 on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza, chicken grill to perfection, premium mozzarella cheese, bacon, red onion, and BBQ sauce. All piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all-meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. 435120. 
In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. All right, let's get to it. Predictions for Illinois, the 14th ranked team in the country, on the road against 7-10 and 10 Michigan. Chance for Illinois to go 4-2 and two in the Big Ten would put them a game behind the Wisconsin Badgers in the standings there, of course, at the top spot, 5-1. and one. I believe Purdue is, what are they, 4-1? and one? Two. 4-2? and two? Oh, they have two losses, right. Maybe they're 5-2. and two. They might have... Possibly, feel- yeah. Why has Illinois played two less games than some know. of these teams? I don't know. It's weird. Uh, Want to get to a couple of your texts before we get out of here. Wade says 7160 Illinois. All right. Nice. We also have, we got, you can call me Sal says I have a bad feeling, but then again, I usually do. Maxwell Underwood will have these guys sharp after a poor showing last game. I bet Illinois wins by eight. A 217 says pass record means nothing. It's who shows up and plays defense, as we talked about in the last segment. Uh, and a 217. Orange Crush will be at tonight's game. How about that? I didn't even know that. You're, cool. you know, you're playing coy here. Kyle no. knew this whole time. I didn't. Well, then maybe it's maybe it's not true. If Kyle didn't know, is the crush really there? It's supposed to be a secret, so isn't it? Man, are you technically not in the crush then? No, I mean, I, I, I just because I didn't go to Michigan. Ah, uh, you're, pl- yeah, okay, I got you, I got you. I think I know where you're going. Anyways, I I think I know where you're going for this prediction as well, but until I hear you say it, I will wonder. But Illinois, two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Wolverines. Do they bounce back and get it tonight? Juwan Howard, does he go to 0-7 against the Illini? I'll keep it quick since it's 5 o'clock. And yeah, I'll my say, bad. My fault. I'll say there's just something to, like, you own a team, you own a team. We saw it on Sunday. Maryland just has Illinois' number regardless what happens. And that's a Maryland team that's much worse than this Illinois team, and they still find ways to win. Illinois is a much better team than Michigan. Coming off their worst collective performance of the year, they're going to bounce back. They're going to be refocused tonight. And Brad Underwood owns Jawan Howard, and <laughs> that continues against this Michigan team that has been a disaster. If, if this is the team that ends the – the undefeated Juwan Howard record or the undefeated Brad Underwood record against Michigan, ugh, that would feel disgusting. I don't think it happens. Illinois wins. It, it Competitive game, Illinois pulls away late. I'll go 82-72, Illinois. Nice. 10-point win for the Illini. That'd be nice. As far as the feelings go, come back home against Rutgers after that on Sunday. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it goes to the wire, although that – Good thing for Illinois fans is that the records are pretty well documented as far as Juwan Howard in late game situations and their ability to close in those, uh, that being the Wolverines. I'll say that Doug McDaniel does give Illinois some problems. I think it looks dicey at times, or just to, that Illinois is in for a dogfight and then they ultimately pull away. I said earlier, I think it's going to be a mature response by the Illini in terms of their emotions, their focus, 
won't be easy, but Illinois 77, Michigan 73. And afterwards, Brad Underwood looks in the camera, similar to Aaron Rodgers' last game at Soldier Field. I own you. I still own you. Let's go. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> like, that video would circulate <laughs> Illinois fans and Twitter and wherever for the next decade. That would be that would be the best thing. Ever. It would be. Come on, Brad. Be great TV. Yep, let's make it happen. Give, All right, give Brad a call or somebody. <laughs> yeah. He got his number right. I text Tyler and tell him. No, yeah. that in his ear. All right, good stuff today. Thanks to Zach Shaw, the Michigan Insider, for joining us on the Tapman's Towing Phone Line. Lon will be back tomorrow, so he so he says. Uh, we'll talk Illinois, Michigan, the results, and uh, anything else that happens. But we appreciate you listening to us as we pregame tonight's game. Enjoy the game wherever you're watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is The Drive.